Hey, my name is Kevin Clark. I'm the host of a new football podcast called Slow News Day. I want to tell you about it. On Mondays, Lindsey Jones and I will recap the weekend in football that was, as well as look ahead to what's next. On Wednesday, the normal Slow News Day, the thing you've been watching for years, current players, current coaches, current analysts talking about the football world. And on Friday... It's a wild card. Could be some college football, could be more pro stuff. It's a video podcast, so you can watch it on Spotify or listen to it wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Spotify. It's Slow News Day. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on Cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube. Car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Hello and welcome back to the Stadio Podcast. I'm Mr. Ponga. I'm Ryan Hun. Ryan, how are you doing? Do you know what? I'm doing amazing. <laughs> That's wonderful. It's good. Yeah, it's, good. it's do you know do you know why? Because I'm a, I'm in a ho- in a hotel in an undisclosed location and there's no construction. Oh my god, incredible. <laughs> anyway, how are you? Very well indeed. Um good. little bit of Christmas shopping yesterday and because it's been so hectic, not been hard to do any of that, but that's all good. Uh, it has cracked around super quick, hasn't it? It's just the speed at which Christmas has arrived. Dude, Manchester City played Liverpool last night and we're not going to talk about any of it. What? Arsenal beat Zurich 9-1 in the Champions League. We're not going to talk about any of it. Uh, <laughs> what? Liverpool Gura Ryan what? had another believable pass again for Chelsea's win in the Champions League. We're not going to talk about any of it. I don't believe there was football yesterday. I'm sorry. I just refuse to believe there was football yesterday. I genuinely thought I was in a dream. It's a fever dream. Yeah. Exactly. It was really weird. Yeah. Oh, but anyway, we hope everyone else is staying safe and well. Yes. And um, you'll be hearing this on Christmas Eve. Yes. So Indeed. to those celebrating, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah to those celebrating Hanukkah. And just happy holidays in general to everyone. Whether Peace you celebrate or not. Just... I mean, we can all celebrate football, I suppose, which is actually what we're going to do with this episode. We are indeed. It's the second edition of our football things to be grateful for this year. We did one last year, which went out on Christmas Day, and um, kind of glad we did. It was it, it was a nice episode, and we thought we'd do it again this year because 
We spend a lot of time going after stuff we don't like about football on Stanio. So, you know, we thought that it's also nice to, to look at the good stuff. Yes. We asked you all for your submissions, and I think we were a little bit naive in thinking that we would get that many, which sounds like a massive humble brag. It's not. It's an apology because last year we got, we got a steady amount, and we managed, I think we managed to read them all last year. Yeah, yeah, we did. Which yeah, shows yeah. you how. But we got, let's just say, I think we got more than three times as many as we got last year, which mm. was a little bit of a surprise. So, first of all, I want to say thank you very, very much to everyone who submitted them. Uh, second of all, we're very, very sorry we can't read all of them. So we put in, we had to put in some parameters. So mm. anything too, too club specific on the whole, we left a lot out. So there was a, from the jump, there was a lot of stuff for, for Canada. We've included a few. There was a lot of stuff for Newcastle. We included, included a couple if we could. There was a lot of stuff for Eric Ten Hag taking over at Manchester United. Mm. And, actually like Ronaldo leaving to kind of free up the way for the future kind of thing. Mm. A lot of stuff like that. A couple of them, I'm not going to lie, were a little bit mean. Oh no. And oh, you no. should all be ashamed of yourself. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, relief and gratitude, I know are very similar <laughs> kind of emotions. <laughs> this wasn't the place. <laughs> um, and also any that were obviously just about Stadio or the Stadio fam, we, we, we won't read out, but we really do appreciate this. Very, very kind. Some are too long. Yeah, some were way too long, unfortunately, or some had a heavy visual aid, which unfortunately isn't a great, great thing for a podcast. Try to tempt us into doing a video. Nice know, try, right? gang. Yeah, <laughs> I saw someone saying, video the Stadios. No, you video the Stadios. <laughs> <laughs> Got to catch us on camera, catch yeah, us on 4K. <laughs> The reason why I won't, I won't do video is because you post a picture on Instagram with a white guy wearing a Stadio t-shirt and everyone thinks it's us. That was amazing. The amount of people that thought that that is you. <laughs> it's not me. Anyone who saw Moose's, Moose's Instagram post with a gentleman wearing a Stadio shirt, it's not me. That was the great Adam Shingleton. <laughs> uh, anyway, I think that's all of it. So some, some of the long ones we've chopped down a little bit. So apologies if you hear a summarised version of of yours. But I did say a couple of lines. Yeah, I did. Yeah. I did so, as lovely as they were, honestly, we could have been here all day. Um, but yeah, again, just thanks very, very, very much to everyone who submitted them. It was super kind, and it was just really. And we, it was really great to read through all of them, even the ones that we couldn't read out. It was super nice to just see those nice things. Yeah, yeah. Another bit of admin. The Stadios will be up in between Christmas and New Year. So keep an eye out for that. And then that'll be us. 2022. And we'll be back either first or second week in January. I might, I might request for a 2024 more episodes off. Yeah, 2024. <laughs> and that's it for this year. We will be back in just ahead of the 2026 Men's World Cup. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Taking a four years sabbatical. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, God. <laughs> oh. Wow. You actually kind of closed your eyes then and looked like you were smelling the fresh air when I said four-year sabbatical. Do you know why? Like, do you know who mm. I was thinking of? Do you know what I was thinking of? The great Teju Cole, who tweeted brilliantly up until 2014 and has never tweeted again. <laughs> eight years. <laughs> eight years. No tweets. I'm waiting for the Taps Mike to tweet. 
Like, actually, yeah, that would totally <clears throat> explode. Yeah. Although Twitter, what the hell? Like, why do I want to see how many views a tweet has got? Who decided to... Wait, what? No, I'm no, no interest in that. Oh my God. It's <laughs> just... <laughs> when I logged into Twitter and I saw the, the revamp, it reminded me of... Uh, was it that John Henry tweet? Well, they smoking over there at Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, we should probably get on to this episode because we have over 50 okay. to go through. So here we go. Football things that we're all grateful for. 2022 edition. After this. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Musa Okwonga. May I start? Go for it, go for it. First one comes from Isabella Moore, who said, Hi, Musa and Ryan. This year, I was grateful that Jake Daniels felt safe, empowered, and supported to come out publicly, and that by doing so, he gave strength and hope to many LGBTQ plus people. Uh, she also said something very kind about us. From the bottom of my heart, thank you, and happy holidays, Izzy. Thanks, Izzy. I, oh. I, I echo that. Great humor. That was, a, that was a very, very good football moment this year. This is from Alan Sabir. Dear Ryan and Musa, first of all, thank you so much for all the podcasts and the vibes on both Stadio and Righty's House this year with Ian and the others. Myself and James met you both at the Stadio Live event back in June. Pure ah. vibes and chaos. Ah. <laughs> Was it you that gave me COVID? One of you gave me COVID. Where is he? <laughs> Sorry, I interrupted. Anyway, in terms of football things I'm grateful for, it has to be as an Arsenal fan, their recovery so far from missing out Champions League football last season, all the upsets in the World Cup, Morocco's journey in it, and lastly, Messi in Argentina finally achieving the dream. Thanks again, and hope you both have a lovely Christmas and restful winter break. Amen. Thanks, Amin. Thanks, Amin. Uh, this one comes from Sembe Savios, who says, as, as a part Senegalese man myself, I have to say that the footballing thing that I've been most grateful for this year was Sadio Mane and the pure joy he has brought the Senegalese people and its diaspora. This year, especially the second half of last season, it feels like he's been on a different level on the pitch and I'm convinced it would have been reflected in the Ballon d'Or rankings had Benzema not debatably had one of the best individual calendar years of all time. I agree. Nevertheless, he embodies the country's people and culture as well off the pitch through the well-reported constructions of schools and hospitals in his hometown. I'm not sure whether choosing one person as the footballing quote-unquote thing I'm most grateful for this year is, the right, is right in this sense. However, he has truly made people dream and improve their lives especially as they can relate to his story so much. Thanks for your time, Sembe. Thanks, Sembe. I love that one. Love it. Love them all. Yeah. From Joey Ayub. Yeah, the great host of Five This Times Podcast. I've been very grateful to read and hear stories of people who saw themselves in some player's journey. I also feel grateful to see an African, Amazigh, and Arab team get so close to the actual World Cup final. Best. Nice, Joey. This one's from Sam Watts. Loyal Stadio listener from Nashville, Tennessee. The moment that meant the most to me was just this Sunday during the World Cup final. My family and I were visiting my grandparents and we watched the final together as a family. My family has probably watched a combined 90 minutes of football. Everyone was on the edge of their seat, just watching it all. As a long-time football fan, it can't get any better. No. 
they, honestly, some of these are they. Yeah, it's beautiful stuff. He in the feels, man. At Lucas, <clears throat> excuse me. Lucas Richards says, in 2022, I was grateful for number one, getting the opportunity to cheer for my country at Men's World Cup for the first time in 36 years. Brackets Canada. Like we didn't know. Hang on. I, do you know what I was going to say? Is there a mention mention of the temperature in here? There is. <laughs> Lucas. <laughs> right. I should have ditched this one. I can't believe this one made the cut. <laughs> <sighs> Outrageous. Pandering to. <laughs> <laughs> the base. God. And anyway, sorry. So a men's World Cup for the first time in 36 years and to watch us score our first men's goal ever in the World Cup. Unfortunately, we had two semi-finalists in our group, but our exit was honourable regardless. Secondly, I'm also thankful for Diana Matheson announcing that a new Canadian's women, sorry, a new Canadian women's pro soccer league is going to be launched in 2025. That's amazing news. It was an incredible year in Canada for football. Also, simply to fit in with the stereotype, it is minus 33 degrees C in my city at the time of writing this email. Lucas, that sounds borderline tropical. (laughs) T-shirt weather. I hope that you are on the sunbeds by the beach. Rumours that Canada will be shifting (laughs) the World Cup, (laughs) the Canadian winter, (laughs) unconfirmed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks, Lucas. Yeah, lovely message. For Matt Headland, my footballing moment of the year was attending a North Carolina Courage game the first time with my partner. It was a birthday present she got me and we had such a lovely time. Getting to see a top tier professional women's game was fantastic. I love seeing all of the kids watching on with bright eyes, imagining themselves taking to the field one day. Major highlights included seeing Carson Pickett scampering down the left wing a woman in our section eagerly dissecting all of the relationship dramas and courage players and other players in the league. Was Flo there? <laughs> There's Flo. <laughs> and a mother and daughter in front of us sharing an embrace after a great team goal from the courage. The, the crowd was so engaged and so positive. And that's what football can be at his peak. Here, There's something here. for everyone. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I felt like my partner fully understood my love for soccer after getting to experience something like that. And it made enjoying the World Cup together all the more meaningful over the last month. Thanks for all you do. Enjoy some Gluevine for me, bitter. Matt. Oh. I can confirm that uh, Gluevine has already been enjoyed. I, to be honest, by the sound of your voice, you have enjoyed <laughs> a little bit too much Gluevine. Listen. By the sounds of it. No disclosures. I, listen, no disclosures I sent you a there. message yesterday and it took you a long time to get back, I'm just saying. No disclosures there. <laughs> One tick. Hmm. Interessant. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. Very serious. Cause dig. Who knew we could be so funny in German? Huh? The people behind the veil. Lustig yeah. auf Deutsch. Uh, <laughs> and this one comes from Brooke Terrafer. I hope I pronounced that surname right. Uh, I'm grateful to Oli Glasner and the Eintracht hierarchy this year. What a year for the club on and off the pitch, from beating Barcelona and West Ham on the run to win the Europa League to fantastic signings like Goethe and Colomuani, making Philip Kostic almost forgotten. It's very, very true. That. Wow, it's an incredible yeah. feat. The club is being run by professionals. For the fans, Oli Glasner is an elite coach and he only decides, oh sorry, and only he decides where his scene will be. Brackets, he has the potential to reach the heights of Tuchel, Guardiola and Klopp. I think he's a little bit too sensible (laughs) anyway I hope he stays at Eintracht for a few more seasons perhaps tap Bayern for the trophy in two years question mark one can dream they've allowed us to dream let's see what the Champions League holds for us in the spring shout out to the OG much love Brooke from Bond I agree Oli Glasner is a long time Stadio favourite 
Yeah. From the early so days when none of you listen. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> and Moosey used to bang on about Ollie Glasner's Wolfsburg yes. from the jump. And that the is why no one listened. Episode yes. one. <laughs> oh, Wolfsburg of fun. <laughs> Unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Your turn. It's from Chris Heatham. When I was a young lad, my dad told me it was a football tragedy. Cruyff never won a World Cup. He likes to be dramatic. However, I'm grateful we could watch Leon Messi avoid tragedy together after following his career from his debut at Barca to now. The happiest I've been watching a non-England player win a World Cup since Ronaldo in 2002. Also grateful for Serena Wiegmann and England for their win in the Euros, a memorable summer. Have a fantastic Christmas and all the best for the new year. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Chris. Yes, Chris. Uh, do you mind if I rattle off a couple of... Go for it. A couple in a row. Sorry, so... <clears throat> Stuart Liner says, I'm grateful for the madness of Scottish lower league football, reminding me of why I love the game. Who needs the Champions League when you can witness the mighty Gregor Buchanan head the ball into orbit 20 times per half? <laughs> Keep your fingers crossed for Dumbarton promotion run. Cheers, Stuart. I love that, Stuart. Thank you. And speaking of lower league football, we go to Germany. This one's from the Don, Torsten Schmidt. Oh, wow. Yes, vibes. Talking about his beloved Kaiserslautern. Coming back from 2-0 down, this penalty closed a decade of purgatory for Mike Wunderlich. Him fixating the spot, you could tell this would either finally heal or break the man who 10 years earlier couldn't handle being the hottest ticket of the Zweiter Bundesliga. Poised for a great future, he fell into maelstroms of depression, healed by leading his dad's Victoria Köln from 5th to the 3rd division and returning there with Kaiserslautern being denied going up to the 2nd. The game ended 3 all after another beautiful play by Redondo. Only last week, Wunderlich announced his return to Cologne. Godspeed. I love that. I mean, Kaiserslautern, Mike Wunderlich, that's, you're going, sorry, sir, you don't have to queue here, you get a fast track. Relevant to my interest. <laughs> Lower League German <laughs> football? Oh, sir, we have a table right here. First time. <laughs> oh, let me take your jacket for you. Ah, <laughs> oh, they know our weaknesses. This one's from Owen Lynch. Hello, Ryan and Musa. Long time listener, first time emailer. A football thing I'm grateful for is the Ireland women's team qualifying the 2023 Women's World Cup the first time. It was a massive achievement considering the lack of support they'd had in the past and the FAI, and I'm really looking forward to cheering on the girls in green in the Women's World Cup. The quality of football in the competition will be quality. Have a great 2023. You too, Ireland. Best of luck. Aww. Another one um, quickly? Can I jump in? Go for it. One? Yeah. yeah. Some Sal Tariq. I am most thankful for Bukayo Saka in general being a nice young man and an absolute force for Arsenal and England, but in particular for his research into who in the Arsenal squad knows what a maze is. Vital knowledge gained. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Thanks so much for the work this year. And looking forward, but technically not asking for, the stadios this year. <laughs> Merry Christmas and all yeah. the other days too, Sal. Thanks, Sal. Uh, well, you can confirm that Bakara Saka is a very nice man because you yeah. sat down and had a chat with him this year, didn't you? I did indeed. A lovely man he is. I can also confirm that no one has ever asked for the stadios. And anyone sending me tweets going, we asked for this, I don't see those tweets. <laughs> Even Musa had to be coaxed into doing it. Yeah, I, I technically am the only one who has asked for the stadios. And Musa was just like, what? what really? What, what, I was going to take, take my four-year sabbatical. What are you doing? <laughs> Uh, right, this one comes from Alec Thomas. Hi guys, nothing has brought me more joy in football this year than Wales qualifying for their first World Cup since 58. Mm. 
The tournament itself didn't go well, but there's no taking away that feeling after the Ukraine qualifier. So much joy from fans and players. Do you know what's actually, actually just on the Wales thing very quickly before we jump on the next one. Really, that squad just, I think they maximised. Yeah. They really maximised. There's a couple of things could have gone better, but I think fundamentally they Im- pushed as far as Imagine they if they'd qualified four years ago with a, an Aaron Ramsey and a Gareth Bale from four years ago. Exactly. Ugh. But anyway. Thanks, Alid. Thanks so much. I'm Kyle Robbins. Hi, lads. As an Australian, I think it goes without saying, the football which brought me so much joy this year was Australia's World Cup run. Watching the community, both football and non-football, unite as the Socceroos edged closer to and ultimately achieved a spot in the knockouts for the second time, then watching us take it to Argentina, 20,000 other fans and a live side in Sydney, was really amazing to see and will be pretty hard to beat moving forward. I think that's so how they can top it though. They can get even better, this Australia team. Is that you thanks. or is that in there? That, that's me. Oh, thanks Misa for the ad year, guys. Misa with the ad libs. Listen, better, yeah, better. Uh, uh, yeah, ah, uh, ah. Uh. Soccer. Good day. Good day. <laughs> thanks for the year, guys. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thanks, man. Was there another? Was there another Socceroos one after? Uh, yes, there is. Ashley Norris. Hi, gents. I'm in Adelaide, South Australia, home of Craig Goodwin's Adelaide United. This year, I'm grateful for being able to watch my six-year-old son start playing competitive football and falling in love with the game. Being able to get up and watch the highlights of Liverpool games and the World Cup, as well as live Socceroos games, has been a wonderful experience I will cherish forever. Keep up the great work in 2023. Thanks, Ash Norris. Thanks, Ash. Nice. Uh, this one's from Elisane, who says, Hi, Mr. Ryan. Merry Christmas. Thanks. You too. You too. I'm grateful for the Lionesses win this summer. Not only did they bring me so much joy during the month of July, but they have continued to do so as I see their faces of victory and elation on my bedroom walls and social media six months on. Of course, they've done so much in a wider sense for women's football, but ultimately they brought football home and they did it in a way that no one could have predicted 10 years ago. I absolutely agree, Elisani. Love that, love that. More Socceroos content. Jake Shelton. Ryan and Musa, this year I'm grateful for the Socceroos. A lot of fans of bigger nations might not understand just how big of a deal making the round of 16 is, as football is usually the fourth or fifth in the pecking order here, and historically the team has always been seen to represent the communities who have migrated to Australia over the years. To see a diverse team with backgrounds from all over the world, Scottish, Serbian, refugees from South Sudan, etc., come together and fight as hard as they did makes me incredibly proud and grateful. Not only for what they did for the game here, but also for the joy and emotion they elicited as many of us gathered in public spaces around the country in the earliest hours of the morning, and that this is what a multicultural, inclusive Australia can be. I like that one. Love that one. Jeff in Vancouver. What a city. Who deserves a hell of a lot of props because there is not a single mention of the temperature in here. Vancouver is gorgeous, man. Oh, goodness. Hi, Mr. Ryan. For 2022, I'm delighted. Oh, sorry. I'm definitely grateful for Canada qualifying for the Men's World Cup for the first time in 36 years, showing the world what our country is made of and uniting the nation from coast to coast with a team made up of players from diverse backgrounds, playing an exciting brand of football and inspiring future athletes ahead of co-hosting in 2026. And can I follow up with another Canadian? Yes, yes, please. Back to back. Andrew Blair. Shouts to Andrew. Long time starting listener. This one is probably going to sound pretty unusual and silly, especially given the state of the app I'm going to mention, but I'm grateful that Twitter is still around. 
As an avid football fan who lives in a small rural city in British Columbia, connecting with other football lovers is a rarity in real life. So I'm thankful that I still have a community to be part of, even if it's on Twitter. Hope you both have a happy and healthy holidays, Andrew. Thanks, Andrew. Oh, I think that's lovely. a really the, the that's community lovely. is. A, we might hear a few more about this, but the sense of community was something that came up quite a lot in in these. Mm. And I think that it's it's something that I think we we're easily or it can be easy to to forget that despite all of the noise on stuff like social media, for some people it is the community that they're plugged into, yeah. or it is their, their football community. So worth being mindful of. There's a really sad thing about the fact that there's so many people that would just love to have the chance to actually hang out in person, but because of distance can't. There's almost a melancholy there, but it's nice that they're connected at least online. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Andrew. This one's from Liam Drombetti. 2022 was emotionally taxing in a lot of ways, and football was no exception, especially for Everton fans like me. But even when your team is making you feel just as anxious and disappointed as the rest of the world, the game still has a way of delivering beautiful moments. For me, that moment came after Dom Calvert-Lewin scored a diving header to complete the second-half comeback against Palace, saving Everton from relegation. Seeing the Everton players smiling, dancing and singing Spirited the Blues with the fans gave me the same feeling as when I saw Messi up on Aguero's shoulders last week after the final. Even though avoiding relegation and winning the World Cup are two different things, in the end, it's all about people coming together to hope, believe and celebrate triumphs over adversity. Relearning that lesson is something I'm very grateful for this year. Lovely. Thank you, Liam. I love that one. And actually, who cares if, if it's winning the World Cup or relegation? It's just like, all success is relative, isn't it? It's funny how the body recognises the same yeah. level of like joy. Yeah. But yeah. if you think yeah. about it, though, if actually, I don't think that the avoiding relegation and Messi winning the World Cup are massive miles apart in terms of emotion because it's relief in terms of evidence relief, history as though. well in terms of evidence history as but, well but, and relegation like, not being a thing yeah that would have been something that would have haunted both for years yeah you know? of course anyway Everton almost got relegated that's wild. why what the hell wild wild uh, this one's from Ryan Kilban hi guys I don't know if this will be an overly popular suggestion oh Ryan you are so wrong <laughs> but the football thing I was most grateful for in 2022 other than Messi winning the World Cup was I'm going to leave a dramatic pause here just to prove how right you are, Ryan. The Europa Conference League. Yes. Uh, my team, Shamrock Rovers, got to the group stages this, this year, which is only the second time the club has qualified for a European group stage ever. Big up the Conference League. Big up Rovers. I love that one. I love it. I love it more. But, yeah, yeah. you know. Um. So funny how European football like increased freedom of movement at a time when anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Well, <clears throat> you know, Ireland, still the EU. It's all good. We don't do political. Anyway, listen, this one's from Vaughan McKee. The thing I'm grateful for is Darwin Nunez. Despite a rocky start and all his detractors on social media, the guy is just entertaining. I'm grateful he's come to the Premier League and it has that total uncertainty that you can't always predict. I'd love nothing more than to see that massive grin emblazoned across his face when he tries something new. Yes, shout out to Darwin. Can Thanks I just say, I, I, I know that there are a number of Stadio listeners who will remain unnamed, but are also extremely grateful for Darwin Nunez in a different capacity. Yes, absolutely. Because they shall not they be named. They express their gratitude on Maine. <laughs> and it was not wholesome. Grateful on Maine. Grateful yes. on Maine is like the kind of like the polite version of thirsty on Maine. Let's get yes, real. Exactly. They know who they are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this one's from... 
the great Andre Carlyle, who said, the next generation of women's footballers is so absurdly good, from dominant defensive midfielders like Lena Oberdorf and Kira Walsh to outrageous attacking players like Sophia Smith, Geza Ferreira and Lauren James. Women's football is set to explode in 2023 with the World Cup and I am so effing ready. That was all in caps, those last three words. Love it. So are we, Andre? We yeah. can't wait. I'm so, I'm so excited about that World Cup. Yeah, um, can close. I just throw this one in because it's another quick one? Sure, yeah. It's from te- uh, Connor Tech Outs or Tech Outs. I hope I've pronounced that right, Connor. I signed up my five-year-old daughter for her first year of soccer and was an assistant coach for her team. She had a great time and scored her first goal in the second to last game of the year after so many close chances. Thanks, Connor. That's amazing. And congrats to to your daughter. I'm just loving, you know, imagine just the the celebrations. I think she probably (laughs) ran over in front of the bench and jumped and stuck her hands behind her ears. Exactly. Just like, like, like the Messi in front of Van Gogh. Yeah, what? what? I still can't, you know, I can't believe Messi did that. Oh, I can. That's so confident. As in like, I can, but yeah. I can't, like, whoa. Yeah, anyway, he really, that's, by mm. the way, that's a lovely email. I love that. I love that. Yeah, um, Messi was like nomad. Yeah, he was. He went rogue. Billy Lead. Listen, Billy Lead. Billy Lead. Isn't that Matt? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Hello there. Billy, gets- Billy getting dragged into something <laughs> without his like. I, Billy, so- I apologise. The moose dragged you into that. <laughs> Listen, the kid is not my son. <laughs> Hello there, good. <laughs> Hello there, good sirs. This wit. I mean. Hello there. Hello there, good sirs. <laughs> Come on, Billy. Get real. <laughs> this year in football, I'm thankful. I love this. I'm thankful for Miguel Almiron that he's finally showing himself to be the really competent player he always promised to be. The Grealish comments were silly, absolutely, but they mean nothing to me in all honesty. I'm just happy Miguel gets to operate under an actual manager and not whatever the previous ones seemed to be. Bad. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's the, a little unnecessary shade at the end there. But you know what? Can I say really happy for Miguel Almiron uh, that he's playing, and actually really competent, I think. I think he's Oh, better than that. I think he's a super. We've talked player. about this before, though. How so? So many players just get unlocked at a certain yeah. point. It's really hard to pinpoint why. Not all the. Not all of the time. It's because of a. It's not always because of a tactical tweak or a manager deciding that Joel Linton, for example, looks better as a deeper midfielder. Yeah. But I think also just pressure, pr- the yeah. removal of pressure or the increase in rhythm and tempo, and yeah, I think allowing someone to play with freedom. And he just looks great, man. I mean, we've talked about it a lot from Wrighty's house as well. And yeah, no, I'm really happy for him. Throw another one in? Go for it. This one from George Chikovani. Hello, Ryan and Musa. As a Georgian with a Ukrainian grandmother, two big things I was grateful for in a very challenging year. One complex and bittersweet, and the other a pure sugar rush of joy. First, the reaction of Ukrainian football is the Russian invasion and the outpouring of support from the football world, and the national team coming oh so close to qualifying for the World Cup in those two unforgettable playoffs in Scotland Mm. and Wales, with the indelible sight of locals joining refugees and waving Ukrainian flags. Second, the completely unexpected light of Kwicha Kwaratskhelia going supernova upon his move to Napoli. Watching Kwara resume his assault is the thing I am most looking forward to as club football starts back up again after the World Cup. I love that. 
That's lovely. That's lovely. Um, this one's from Jeff Atkinson. Mr. Ryan, this year I'm thankful for soccer, both in general and with specific. I can never pronounce this word. We've done this before on Stadio. Spe- specificity. 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 Got it. I nailed it. <laughs> um, I'm thankful for tremendous team and individual performances. I'm thankful for full crowds. I'm thankful for so many supporters and media types that recognize and celebrate the above in a way that recognizes that soccer, like all things human, is flawed, but fills us with joy and admiration in such a powerful way. And because of those things, I get to be thankful to coach my youngest son and his friends for the past six years, something I never thought possible. This past year, I wanted to share, I started to share the Premier League with my eldest son, who is probably the only owner of a Brentford Bees flag in all of Missouri. (laughs) Incredible. I got to yell and cheer through the World Cup final this past Sunday with relatives, some of whom probably watched a World Cup game for the first time in their lives and watched them learn what all the fuss is about. Soccer breeds community both locally and globally and those ties, sorry, and for those ties, we should all be thankful. I agree, Jeff. That's great. Thanks for that one. This one's from Laurie Laker. Hey, Laurie. Yeah, this is lovely. First of all, I'm hoping you'll be able to read this out on the show as you're recording on my birthday, December 23rd. Happy birthday, Laurie. Happy birthday. I'll be enjoying a feast of good food, like more Arsenal-related gifts than any 34-year-old man should receive, and staying warm as an Arctic weather front batters the frigid twin cities of Minnesota. What I'm thankful for in a football sense from this year is this, community. I'm grateful for so many people in my life. My football community has held me up, supported and shaped me, and kept me light and joyous during a period of profound hardship. I know that's not unique to me, but I wanted to highlight it because I think it's incredibly important. It is our humanity, our love of shared emotion, that binds us and brings us into each other's light. I'm so, so grateful for that. Aw. There's some great humans. Great humans out there. Happy birthday, Laurie. Laurie's one of the goats. This one's from Danny Cosso. He said, inspired by my grandfather's passionate love of American football and baseball, my dad and I have always loved watching sports together. After years of feeling alienated by the one, sorry, by the on and off field violence of the NFL, we decided a few years ago to take an interest in the Premier League and our love for football has blossomed into something more potent than I ever expected. A few months ago, I moved across the States from New York, where I'm from, to California, where my partner is from and where she's recently landed her dream job. Shouts to her and her brilliance. This move has been quite challenging for me in a variety of ways. Extracting myself from a community in New York, including my whole family, has been incredibly unmooring. Perhaps the single most grounding and consistent connection to the game I've had in these months has been the way that my dad and I have connected over soccer. Every weekend we watch games together by synchronising our live streams and talking on the phone. In the midst of all of football's violence, elucidated so clearly and irrevocably by the World Cup, these phone calls remind me of why the game matters and is so worthy of our care and protection. If nothing else, football this year has given me a reliable two-hour window each week when my dad and I connect despite the 3,000 miles between us. Oh, wow. Thanks for that, Danny. That's beautiful. Yeah, man. This one's from Aaron Malas. I'm thankful for Grant Wall's curiosity, insight, and passion. Mm-hmm. So say we all. 
Despite the tragedy of his passing, I was delighted to learn recently that his senior thesis at Princeton was playing the political game, soccer clubs in Argentine civil society. <laughs> Listen, of course it was. Of course Brad. it was. And one of his first big pieces for Sports Illustrated covered France's victory in the 98 final. I can only imagine what he would have written and said about Sunday. Oh. But as a fellow Midwestern kid who also fell in love with football, football in Buenos Aires at the age of 20, I would like to think he would have enjoyed the result. Argentina, campeón. Oh. Uh, you know a, that was one of the best bits of commentary this year, that. Beautiful. Argentina campeón. Argentina campeón. Thanks uh, for that. Uh, this one's from Andrew Polinski. One thing I'm grateful for is the Napoli rebuild this year, especially Kravitz Gilia. I first became a Napoli fan because I loved Insigne's playing style. This year I was nervous that Napoli would regress and that my original reason for falling in love with the team would simultaneously be playing in Toronto. The rebuild has been amazing, but Clara has specifically been an unexpected gem that has de- dazzled with his dribbling, pace, intellect and bravery. He fears no defender and has added a special dynamic to the team. It is a true privilege to have a potential future Ballon d'Or winner replace the man who made you fall in love with the team in the first place. P.S. And this is directed at you. Please do not write any Napoli articles that jinx us in 2023. <laughs> <laughs> there are no Napoli articles coming. Forthcoming. None, none, none. If it's close going into the final two weeks, I'm not Musa's touching promise to write I'm not one. About it. Not jinxing anything. <laughs> no Thanks, Napoli. Andrew. No Napoli articles, no Varane tweets. <laughs> this one is from Chris Waddell. Considering this is my first year actually watching and immersing myself in football, thanks to my wife, I have quite a lot of things to be thankful for. For starters, it's allowed me to make connections with people I otherwise wouldn't have, and it's brought me closer to the people who have been in my life. I started supporting a local USL team, OCSC, as well as the local LA women's team, Angel City FC. But most of all, I'm thankful to have been able to watch this historic World Cup and to call it my first World Cup experience. It'll be hard to top that. And actually, I can go again. Uh, if go you drop them. Sam Bliss. Hi, guys. This year, I'm grateful for progress, even if it's small. Stephanie Frappard and her crew became the first female referee team at a FIFA Men's World Cup. Julianne Sitch became the first female head coach in history to lead an NCAA men's soccer program to a national title. Bapinda Singh Gill will become the first Sikh Punjabi assistant referee in Premier League history later this week. We have our first openly gay footballer in the men's game. I'm grateful for these small victories and hopeful for the future. Sam Bliss, cold in Canada. Oh, Sam, you couldn't be cool. You had to be cold. Listen, I respect it. <laughs> I respect the commitment to the bits. <laughs> Actually, that is what I think we should do. We should do some... Um, first, well, first of all, I completely agree with everything Sam said. And that's a really lovely one. Mm. Second of all, I think we should do some Canada-specific Stadio merch. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Which just says, be cool, don't mention the cold. <laughs> no, it should be like Stadio degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> <laughs> the Stadio logo with just like a Fahrenheit. <laughs> Takes made for the Canadian winter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> cold takes. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, this one's from Anthony Pinto. Hey, Moose and Ryan. I listen to you guys on my commutes to work as a chef in Boston. Thanks, oh, Anthony. Great times. Great, great food f- in Boston. Oh my, oh God, my God, food. yeah. The food. 
Uh, I'm grateful this year for the way watching soccer has brought me and my kitchen crew together. Games from Europe are on at 2 or 3 p.m. our time. So we get to watch together while we prep to open the restaurant at five. That's so cool. Wow, I love that. Uh, it's been a great way to help my te- team bond. And Anthony actually attached a, a link to a, an Instagram video, which is him filming one of his crew nervously watching the world, one of the World Cup games in oh, the I kitchen. Love that. I it's love amazing. that. Thanks, Anthony. Shouts to you and the, your crew. And if we are in Boston, please, Listen. please follow, send us another email, please, letting us know where you are and we'll come, we'll come and see you. Yeah, yeah. Great times. Love that. Can I drop in another one? Because please do. Yeah, I love that message. Uh, one of Stadio's favorite menaces, Mark Wallace, has oh my uh, dropped us a line. <laughs> there he is. Listen, <laughs> there he is. Like, <laughs> find you someone who loves you as much as Mark loves Partick Thistle. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> the one thing I'm most grateful for, sorry, the one thing I'm most thankful for this year is how my club, Partick Thistle, negotiated a very tricky period regarding ownership of the club. It's an amazing story. This, by the way, if you haven't, if you have, if you don't know about it, go and go and Google it. But Mark summarizes it lovely, in a lovely way. To to cut a long story short, a fan won the Euro Millions and bought the club, erasing the club's debt that had occurred from 2001 to 2015, and turning our youth academy into a talent factory. After one player made it in the last decade, there were four former Thistle players in Scotland's squad for Euro 2020. He had intended to hand the club back to the fans, but he sadly passed away before it could go through, resulting in the chairman staying around who the fans didn't like and tried to force the club into the hands of trustees, who, although they supported the club, wasn't the demo- uh, it wasn't the democratic transition that we were promised. Fans protested at the Scot- uh, Scottish Cup tie, resulting in a director going on national radio and mocking the actions and the fans. Days later, he and the other board members and trustees resigned due to fan pressure and now both fan ownership bodies are working together to run the club as intended. Sorry for going on a bit. It was a touch convoluted. It wasn't, Mark. Don't worry. Too long, didn't read. I'm thankful my club is still here, essentially. Thanks, Mark. That is an incredible story. Yeah. Just all of that is... Yeah. Wow. That's unbelievable. Should, we should do a stadio doc about that. I was going to say, I didn't want to say that. But yeah. that, that's, that's inc- that just that has everything. Yeah. Thanks, Mark. That. Yeah, it's beautiful. This one from Alex Cooper. Having started the year in the worst state of my life. Oh, man. And ended it in possibly the best. Hey. Hey, there we go. There we go. Football oh, played. Don't do me like that. The hero's journey. Listen, Alex on the hero's journey. Oh. Listen. <laughs> Being behind the goal when Caroline Weir scored the winner in the Manchester Derby in February. Was that another chip? <laughs> yeah, it was. The, uh, oh, my God. Caroline Weir did the same thing in the same game. <laughs> Incredible. I went to Cabana for breakfast. <gasps> vibes, vibes. The best Nahari. And it's giving us all the vitamins. Honestly, if you're a Nahari fan, Cabana in Manchester on Sundays is <laughs> the best. Was the first time I properly smiled for months. And when England won the Euros, it was easily the biggest outpouring of emotion I felt from sport. I'm very grateful for that. Alex, can I just say, I hope that your next year is the very best of your life so far. I hope it's wonderful. That is a beautiful message. Thank you so yeah. much for that. Do you know what, Great Alex? Times. Maybe England might win the World Cup. <laughs> Take us. Listen. Take us excited. Listen. <laughs> I, think my, I think one of the things I'm most grateful for this year is the man them couldn't so the gal them did. Oh my God. 
Incredible. I think that's one of the things I'm most grateful for this year, just because it's just pick like... Pick up the ladies, they put it home. <laughs> Amanda the couldn't stick up the tip. Pick up the ladies, they put it home. <laughs> so good. Oh, um, God, love it. Uh, this one's from Brian Kelly. Hi, guys. I'm very grateful for what football has done for my son, Jimmy, in 2022. We moved country this year, and I feel that largely through football... Jimmy has been able to display a level of resilience and emotional maturity that I, perhaps unfairly, didn't think him capable of. He started a new school in London where he knew absolutely no one and largely through the language of football that 12-year-old boys speak, brackets, who would you prefer on your team? Guys, guys, I packed KDB <laughs> in FIFA, etc. <laughs> he has not just settled but thrived. This maturity was on display throughout the World Cup where Jimmy combined combined it with curiosity and a desire to challenge conventional thinking. He listens to interesting podcasts. Brackets yours. Thank you very much. We should, I should probably stop swearing. Other ringer pods, The Guardian Football and Science, Daily Weekly. Oh. And from this, was able to articulate a level of criticism of the decision to host the, to sorry, to host the tournament in Qatar that was extremely impressive. It allowed him and me to explore progressive issues around minority rights, the treatment of those less fortunate than us, and institutional corruption in a framework that made sense to him. In short, it let us grow closer together. I now just have to buy him a load of donuts for picking the team in our family sweepstakes, England, uh -huh. that took part in the highest scoring match. Hopefully football will provide a cure for early onsite diabetes, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> what an amazing message. And what, oh, like, beautiful. shouts to Jimmy. Like, Jimmy, if you're listening to this, first of all, don't swear like I do. Speak like Musa does because Musa, <laughs> Musa very rarely says bad words on the podcast. In fact, I can remember when he has sworn on this podcast, whereas I am... I, I, would, I would say far less articulate, but I happen to think more articulate because, you know, I also add... You know, it's like if you could combine the fighting skills of Aragorn and Legolas in one, do you know what I mean? <laughs> Swearing is more of a... I don't know. Feels like a little bit more of a bow and arrow vibe. Both both warriors with substantial amounts of hair, I note. And good hair. <laughs> no bald warriors. I'm not lying at the moment. <laughs> someone did say to me recently, are you waiting for the next Lord of the Rings reboot? Because my hair's oh my getting God. long. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Jimmy, in short, thanks very much. That in is short. amazing that you're taking, like at such a young age, to start trying to understand do you know Football's what? I had a, place I had a in vision. Society. But, 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 yeah. can I just say one thing? Go for it, yeah. It might seem like a lot at that age because it seems like a lot at our age. Yeah. Please, please, please don't forget to enjoy it. Yeah. Don't forget course. to enjoy the things because you will have plenty of time in your life. No one into parents. Sorry, Brian. Brian's just like, hang on a minute. You're not his dad. We do. <laughs> but I would just say, like, yeah, make sure you don't make make sure you don't stop enjoying it, or you don't forget to enjoy it because you'll have plenty of time in your life to worry about the bigger picture. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And don't swear. <laughs> Be like Moose and not like Ryan. There you go. Advice I'd never give anyone. Um, I was going to say the thing I'm grateful for this year: swear words, because I don't know how I would have made it otherwise. <laughs> but seriously, Jimmy, don't swear. Some Aaron Singh. <laughs> my 2022 football thing I'm grateful for happened on the 5th of November as Sheffield United took on top of the league Burnley you see I'm an Aston Villa fan my partner's stepdad 
is a huge Sheffield United supporter. Every year, his family, around 20 of them, get together in Derbyshire for a weekend. This was my first time going. On the second day, we all drove to Sheffield and watched them come from 2-0 behind to win 5-2. The third Sheffield goal, my partner's younger brother, 17 years old, broke down in tears of joy. Later that evening, we all sat in a large living room in the rented home and sang Sheffield United songs until the evening. The experience was an intense reminder that football belongs to us all, it builds bonds unlike anything else, and I will never let it be taken away from us and turned into something unrecognisable. Ah, oh, I love that. Thanks so much for letting me share this story. Shout out to Sam Cooper for fully letting the joys of football release itself through your tears. He's really good. They're Beautiful. so great. Even the ones that we couldn't read out, by the way, I just want to say it wasn't because they weren't good. There were just so many. We tried to basically include as much of what was, yeah. If there was, so if there were multiples of certain things, trying to include one or yeah. two, you know. But yeah. um, oh, this is a, this is a lot, man. This is yeah, really beautiful. Melting my ice cold heart. If I had to, well, if I had a heart, definitely melt mine. Oh, anyway, God, <laughs> shut up. There he is, everyone. <laughs> Guy who wrote, in the end, it was all about love, complaining about how he doesn't have a heart. <laughs> God, I should not be joking about that. I'm sorry. I love you. I'm sorry. Uh, this one comes from Megan Weirder. Dear Ryan, dear Musa, uh, this year I'm grateful for Leeds United's 3-0 victory over Chelsea on August the 21st. Grateful because on this day, I left my home and my partner in the US to start a new job in Canada. I felt a similar amount of dread in the taxi on the way to the airport as I did about the game itself, which I was going to miss entirely while in the air. When I landed, however, I was shocked to learn that Leeds had actually won. Leeds fans are fond of, are fond of singing Leeds are falling apart again, but in that moment, the team absolutely did not fall apart and neither did I. Wonderful. And what a great performance that was too. Yeah, we hope the move's going okay, Megan. Absolutely. Absolutely. Lovely message. Some Dave Hughes. Hi, Ryan and Musa. The football thing I'm grateful for, and I feel is getting stronger and stronger, is people just generally having more respect and admiration for footballers as people and pros. For too long, footballers have been tarred with some pretty ugly brushes, and it feels that there's a groundswell, largely driven by people like yourselves, of support, admiration, and respect for unique complexities and challenges that are faced both on and off the pitch by those we love and watch week in, week out. Of course, there's always going to be the nastiness and the need to drag them down by the gutter press and loads of W-A-N-K-E-R-S because my language is <laughs> I'm trying to speak politely today. Jimmy, Jimmy, cover your ears for a second. <laughs> but feels as the growth of good guys getting behind footballers for their brilliance. It's healthy and here's to more of it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this one is from Sarah Kim. I think the thing I'm most grateful for this year is how the World Cup has brought back old relationships for me. You see, my best friend and I met when we were about 10 years old, fresh off the 2002 World Cup. This was definitely one of the greatest catalysts for a lifelong love of the game for both of us as two Korean kids. How, uh, anyhow, despite living in different cities for most of our adult lives now, we've managed to keep in touch here and there. This year we've really connected again. Sorry, this year we've really connected again due to our mutual love of football, and in particular, the Korean Republic national team. We had long conversations before, after, and during the game about all the parts we enjoyed, loved, and were frustrated with throughout the tournament. 
it's been pretty awesome to realise that even after 20 years, we've still maintained a childlike love of the game and the team that made us fall in love with the sport. I love that. Beautiful. Ah, good times. This one's from CM Gebru. Hi, Moose and Ryan. Always wanted to be a long-time listener, first-time caller. I suppose this will have to do. (laughs) The thing I'm very grateful for is the proliferation of the women's game, culminating with the European Championship over the summer. My personal highlight of the year was going to watch Holland against Sweden at Bramall Lane. Great game. Mm. It was a gorgeous day and a really lovely game of football where the crowd felt invested in the match without all the abuse and violence we can sometimes see in the men's league. That and seeing Viv Miedemar in the flesh. Levels. Fire emoji. Is it, I can, I just, can I just jump in very quickly? Yeah, sure. One of the, like, one of, there are a few players that you actually get, to, when you see them in the flesh, you're like, oh shit. Yes. Viv is well. one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Jimmy, don't swear. <laughs> I'm such a bad example. <laughs> I wish her all the best of her recovery. Happy yeah. holidays to all the Stadio family. Thanks oh, very lovely. much. Uh, this one's from Jacob Stack. The great artist, Jacob Stack. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah. Jacob did that uh, that picture of you and I. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for that. And do you know what? That was one of the things I was most grateful for this year in, yeah. in a professional sense because that was very unexpected and very kind. Thanks, Jacob. Being from Ireland and Donegal specifically, the standout moment of the year in football, or any moment I can remember really, was Amber Barrett's goal against Scotland and the moments after with the armband. With it being the week of the tragic happening, in Creeslow, it was just a hugely emotional moment. I wasn't sure how big the story was outside of Ireland, but thank you both as well for covering it and the significance. She spoke amazingly in the post-match. I don't know how she got through. So that's the moment. Thanks again, as always. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah, that was a, that was a very, very emotional moment this year, yeah. actually. Can I throw in another one quickly? Yeah, sure. From Wade. Yeah who says, Hi Moose and Ryan, straight up, I'm biased because I'm an Australian who supports Arsenal, but goddamn, Steph Catley's dead ball delivery has been consistently on point all year, especially with for the Matildas during the Asian Cup, where she was on fire with delicious corner after delicious corner. An absolute joy to watch. Cheers, Wade. I, I love, actually, if we were going to talk about like technical stuff, this could be a whole other oh. skills I'm most grateful for. Oh, don't, uh, wow. Actually, wow, imagine that. Anyway, that's another, another podcast. Uh, from Kieran Crowther. This year marked a significant change in how I experience football as a fan. The trials and tribulations of the League of Ireland are not something which could be summarised here, but it's fair to say that while every Irish football fan typically has an English team they support, many do not support their nearest LOI club. After much encouragement from my dad and a good friend of mine, this year I started to attend Shelburne FC matches in person. Despite the stadium being in a state of disrepair, the sense of community and character immediately endeared the place to me. I knew instantly I'd found a place I belonged. It has meant so much to me to feel that connection with a club, which I can truly call my own. It filled me with immense pride to see our women's team win the league and cup double with World Cup winner Heather O'Reilly playing her part, while also witnessing the men's team finally establish themselves in the Premier Division and making it to the FAA Cup final. We won't speak of the results, but let's just say (laughs) the suffering was and is necessary. (laughs) Amazing. There has been a real sense of circularity in watching the Shells men's team be managed by the one and only Damien Duff. Mm. On a personal note, the fact that my dearly departed granddad George, who passed away during the pandemic, grew up a short walk from the stadium and raised my dad not too far away 
will always make the walk to Tolka Park an emotionally cathartic experience. Aww. This year, I am grateful to have found a club to love and a place to grieve for loved ones lost, while also connecting, reconnecting with the people that mean the most to me. Much love, Kieran Crowther. Thanks, Kieran. I love that. Ah, Shouts to Ross Dunbar, by the way. It's really beautiful. Former Berliner, friend of the pod, who is now the deputy CEO at Shelburne. Incredible. What a glow up. That's Wonder. wonderful. But Ross will not be featuring in the Prop Joe Award because his glow up is thoroughly deserved. Absolutely deserved. He yes. has not finessed that. He's uh, to see it. absolutely done, done the work. Uh, this one comes from Andrew DeSalvo. As a primer, I'm grateful for the 1994 World Cup that was held here in the US because I believe the success of that event really opened the eyes of many powerful people in television and media to the idea that soccer could draw and succeed in America. Leading to my ability today in 2022 to watch nearly every men and women's game in every major league and tournament across the world on TV. This leads to my actual item which is that I'm grateful that I get to spend so many early morning hours with my son who's six watching soccer games and then going out in the yard or in the house or in the hallway and playing pretend games of Arsenal Spurs versus Spurs or Netherlands versus Argentina. God, that sounds like feisty games to be playing in the hallway. (laughs) Soccer wasn't available like this when I was a kid, but I'm grateful that it is omnipresent now with such wonderfully crisp HD coverage and I can enjoy it with my son and hopefully soon too with my daughter once she's old enough for us to watch Sam Kerr from Australia as well as Bluey from Australia. All the parents of young children will enjoy this reference. Those without children, maybe not quite as much. We are thankful that the world's greatest game is so readily available and that we are able to watch any match we want to enjoy together. Happy holidays, Andrew DeSalvo. And Andrew attached a a picture of his boy in an Arsenal kit. So my son has developed a love of kits. My wife and I sure hope Santa will bring some more for him in a few days. Shouts to Andrew. Yeah, it's lovely. Shouts to his son. And uh, yeah, I hope hope Santa brings a a fresh kit. Thanks for that, Andrew. Final few. Final few. It's from Sasha Rabkin. I thought a lot about this question about what I'm grateful about. I love watching soccer. I don't consider myself a fan of any team. I don't really get down like that. I live in America and I find fandom way too full of testosterone. But I love soccer because the storylines, the characters, the drama, the politics. It's like the best scripted series out there, except it isn't scripted, which makes it so much better than the best show out there. Which brings me to Messi. I'm old enough to remember soccer before Messi, but they're also old enough to know how incredible Messi is. The no-look pass through the non-existent gap in the World Cup is perhaps the greatest single sports move I have ever seen. It defied all normal things, but that's because it was not normal. I cried. I do think this World Cup settles the debate. Hard to argue with that. Hard to argue. That pass, my goodness. That That whole display, anyway. There, there are things in football where I call like I have Bobby Robson moments. Mm. You know, his famous hands on heads for Ronaldo's goal against Compostela. And I remember doing it, actually. There was one, uh, I was talking to someone about this recently, when the amazing Dortmund 3, Leipzig 3 game, final game at the Westfalen Stadion just before the winter break in 2019, where Julian Brandt scores that unbelievable goal. And I stood up yeah. in the press box and did the Bobby Robson. Like I was turning around, putting the hands on my head. I was like, oh my God, what have I just seen? 
the, the Ice Dancer. Oh my God, it was so it's, good. It's One so of the best fun. games I've ever been to live. Um, and that messy thing, that messy pass was the same thing. Yeah. Just hands on heads. What have I just seen? This is unbelievable. And actually there were, for what has felt like a very, very heavy year in football coverage and a relentless year, to be frank, there have actually been an unbelievable amount of hands on heads moments, like in a good way. They really have. No, they really have. They really have. Mm. My turn, right? Yes. Uh, this one comes from Sam Wood. Sam says, I'm grateful for football for a slightly strange reason this year. I've recently started training as a physics teacher, but also I've taken up a role coaching the school's football team. Football has quickly become a great way for me to connect with some of the school's most challenging students and build relationships through playing the beautiful game. Whether it's hammering a shot over the bar and into the neighbouring field to a roar of laughter or not making another member of staff oh my goodness. <laughs> being treated like football royalty, <laughs> there has been no better vehicle to get to know, earn the mutual respect of, and try to have a positive impact on the students. This has made the school environment an infinitely better place as a whole, and I can't imagine a more fulfilling job. A lot of what goes on at the top of football is incredibly grim, but when you go back to the fundamentals, there's no sport quite like it. Love that. That's amazing. Ah, good times. And I'm, I'm also, can I just say the grace not to name the person that you nutmegged? That's wonderful. <laughs> well, I, I, well, it said numbering. Oh, or maybe. Oh, but maybe the maybe the Are they maybe Sam got nutmegged. <laughs> Here we go. Next one is from Mauricio Casillas. I'm grateful for Luis Chavez. The team that matters to me the most in life is Mexico's national team. Time and time again, this team has produced so much pain and so much joy for me. The 2022 World Cup was particularly bad for Mexico. It's a team that abandoned its identity. It's a team that was led by the wrong man. It's a team that will go down as one of the most disappointing in Mexico's rich history. But Luis Chavez rekindled the magic. His goal against Saudi Arabia in the 52nd minute gave me hope. An absolute rocket to the upper right-hand corner. FIFA clocked it at 121.69 kilometres per, uh, per hour. That goal, oh. His goal also gave me hope, the most dangerous thing that Mexico fans are all born with. All Mexico had to do was score one more goal and they were through to the round of 16 and almost incomprehensible feat at the start of the match day. The goal never came. Mexico bowed out of the tournament. But the euphoria I felt seeing his goal is something that I only feel once every four years. When it seems hard to continue to love this team, magic reemerges. Thank you, Luis. One of my goals of the year. Yeah, it's extraordinary. It's Just extraordinary. ferocious. And we said it, I think, on Stadio after the, in our World Cup step back, where he tried that other one a few minutes later. Yeah. He was <sighs> peppering, peppering it. It was um, honestly one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. Unreal. Yeah, yeah. Genuinely Unreal. incredible. Uh, do you want to go again? Uh, this is um, but my last one, I think. And it's from Friendy. Oh, yeah. Hi, Stadio friends. My name is Friendy, and I'm an American citizen who lives and teaches in Guangzhou, China. This has been a strange, stressful year, but in many ways, football has pulled me through. We've had a rough go of it in China this year. The government used its zero COVID policy to track everyone's location and force us indoors for large periods of time. 
I was personally locked down twice this year, each for about a week. For me, mental health has been a lifelong struggle. Being trapped indoors 24-7 and having guards bang on my door and force me to do daily COVID tests didn't help. The frustration and absurdity of it all brought me to my breaking point. But football was always there to take me away. During my first lockdown time, my team, Leeds, played against Chelsea. I called my good friend on the phone and we chatted as our guys smashed up those Stamford Bridge, oi, 3-0. Let's just say there was some colourful language that Chelsea fans, next time you feel like we're doing your team a disservice, remember that we edited the colourful <laughs> language out of that. Spirited language. Yes. For 90 minutes, I forgot about the walls that imprisoned me and my mind was marching away at Elland Road. The second time I was locked up was when the World Cup began. As bummed as I was not to be able to watch the games with all my friends, it became a nightly ritual to watch all the games. Instead of putting my fist into the wall in vexation, I would not be able to take a walk. I was pumping the air when Asano took the lead against Germany. Instead of yelling, let me out, I was yelling, let's go, when I saw Iran win late over Wales. Football was once again a healthy alternative to frustration. Beyond myself, the World Cup was important in far deeper ways here. Folks over here have very limited access to any non-Chinese media, but the World Cup was still beamed into hundreds of millions of homes across the country. When many Chinese people saw crowds at the World Cup gathering in large groups without wearing masks, they began asking a lot of questions about why we're still being locked down and forced to follow certain protocols. It went underreported in Western media, but this was a huge factor in the protests that ultimately brought an end to the policy. After those protests, I was finally free. I actually watched a few games of some fans here. Unfortunately, I managed to get COVID just before the final, but feeling feverish felt fitting for that particular affair. It's difficult to describe just how much football meant to me this year. Suffice it to say that I'm thankful for those beautiful moments in the beautiful game that brought my mind to a better place. It was useful distraction. I'm also happy for the influence it had on the other billion and a half people here in China. Even if it hadn't had a role in the protests, it started a lot of nice conversations with strangers. I'm also thankful your podcast was there to recap everything and give me some deeper perspective. Keep on doing what you're doing and giving us the lovely stuff. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, Brendy. Wow. People going through it. And uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's why we want, I mean, it was quite a long, thanks, Friendy, thank you for that. I think yeah, one of yeah, the reasons yeah. we wanted to include that at the end was because that is something that I, we've not heard really much about. We saw the protests yeah. and stuff, but we didn't really, we still didn't really know. We've not heard anyone from that. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wow. One more from me. This comes from Dylan Wright. Dylan started with a very kind thing about us. Thanks, Dylan. But I'm not going to read it. Um, Dylan says, I just want to say that I'm thankful for football. My dad was recently diagnosed with Alzheimer's and it has me thinking of our most memorable moments together. In May, we had the opportunity to fly over from the US to Berlin for the Pokal Finale and we jumped at the chance. That game and the days, and the days surrounding it are memories that I will long cherish and they wouldn't have happened without the beautiful game presenting us with that opportunity. I know there is so much wrong with the sport but its unique way of unifying people and creating shared memories is something that I will always love and appreciate. And the reason why I wanted to include that one as my final one is because I think that Dylan's sentence here pretty much sums up 
the entire thing about kind of why we do Stadio in a way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know that there is so much wrong with the sport, but its unique way of unifying people and creating shared memories is something that I will always love and appreciate. Um, Thanks, Dylan. That was a really nice one. That's Thanks lovely. Sure. And that's, that's absolutely it. That's it, isn't it? The kind of the unifying and the community. It really does. It is. It's, it is. Like, it is. I know it's very easy to go a little bit too kind of overly sentimental Saccharin. with stuff like yeah, this. Yeah, but yeah. it really is that. No, that, that message is really lovely. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, sorry, I have one more. <laughs> oh, I'll do the eyebrows. We, you thought that was it. Well, <laughs> dear listener, I do wonder how long have you been listening to this podcast? <laughs> My final one comes from Christian, who just says, Jill Scott's, fuck off, you fucking prick. <laughs> <laughs> in the Euros final. <laughs> oh, that's big mood of the year. Oh, Jill. Now, do you know what? That is a shout for st- the, the big mood of the year, Stadio. So that's it. That's do you it. want to share anything? There's, one of the things I'm really grateful for this year is, first of all, Aaron Durand bringing us together for the Manchester Laces sponsorship. Yeah. I'm really grateful for that. I'm really grateful for do you know what? I'm really grateful that we get to do this, which sounds a little bit kind of obvious, but like this sport sometimes makes you want to just throw, throw everything in the bin and be like, I'm out, you know? But at the end of the day, we get to kind of like get into the nitty gritty of it, you know? And I get to do it with you, which is... I, I'm grateful that I get to do Stadio and was the one who got the better end of the deal, <laughs> which I will always say, I will always say to people. I, I'm not, you know, that's funny because, yeah, and I, I don't want to sound, um, again, too saccharine, but I'm really grateful for all the work you put in every week on this. It's, it's, it really makes, um, I'm very grateful for this platform. And again, to be able to do this because to love football as much as I do at the moment, despite everything is remarkable in its own way. Mm. Um, I'm really grateful for all those people. Shout out to Alex Murphy and so many others who took such strong stances against this World Cup that really helped frame my thinking um, and to push me in the most positive way. Uh, and just grateful, yeah, to all the listeners. And it's, it's a really amazing thing. Like, the older I get, actually, the more I realise, the more I have faith, the older I get in individual viewpoints and actions. Mm making a huge difference. People would be amazed how much an email, a comment, um, praise, criticism, a bit of both. You'd be amazed how much that shapes and frames my thinking. Uh, and I'm really grateful for that. This, we get, yeah, we get to do this. We get to talk about this uh, game and this very important game, sometimes too important, I think, uh, in, in sort of its significance, sometimes too important, but yeah, it's been a joy and I just look forward to doing it again next year. We go again. We we'll go, go again. again. Ah. I reckon we leave it there, huh? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, another massive, massive thank you to everyone who submitted emails. I hope everyone is having, having a happy festive period. We've got one more episode to come. Once more onto the breach. It is arguably the episode that has been least asked for of all time in any medium. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Stadios 2022. 
So look out for it. Whether you ask for it or not. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, wow. Some big calls this year. I'm not gonna big, lie. big calls. Yep, yep, yep. Other than that, don't forget to check. Counterpressed, Flow in the Gang. We're back on Monday. We've uh, just gone with their Christmas episode. Go and check that out. Right, his house is taking a break till the new year. Don't forget to check theringer.com and theringer.com forward slash soccer. There's some great stuff up on the ringer, non football stuff at the moment, or non soccer stuff. So go check that out. Also, check the Stadio Outros playlist on Spotify. Speaking of which, we're playing out on a Christmas banger. Shouts to the Manchester legend that is Finn. Finn and Martin Booty Spoon. They've collaborated on a Christmas house tune called This Time of Year. And actually, there is a literally a tune on the album called A Christmas House Track. If you want to go and get it, go and check it. It's called No More Coal, a Christmas dance record. <laughs> so good. So good. Shouts to Finn. Shouts to Martin. Um, we're going to let this one play out right to the very end. Anything you would like to add, Musa Kwanga? Nothing further. Nothing awesome. Further. Much love, everyone. We are grateful for you lot. Absolutely. And uh, have a lovely Christmas if you're celebrating. Have a lovely Hanukkah. Have a lovely festive period, holiday season. And we will see you for the Stadios. One last dance for 2022. Let's go. <laughs> Is that what it's all about? This time of year, we all strive to get a little clean slate, reminisce upon the year, and be reborn. These last couple of years been taking a whole lot out of us. Patience worn thin, you know the drill. Even feeling like you got nothing left, nothing to bring. Just know that the flame is within you. Your Christmas spirit. The season blessings. We fill up with the light. Don't you love this time of year? We all strive to get a little piece of that. Peace. Reminisce upon the year. Deep reflections. Of what we got. What's to come? High emotions. A warm hug on a cold December night. Cherish this time. As we are the office. The only urgent deadlines we got. Let's pull out that turtle. In line under the mistletoe. Me and you. Sparingly to love, generously 
abundantly like a snowman. Great joy and blessings to all. I hope this affectionate holiday address sees you well. Filled by no fear, only holiday cheer. Martin Booty Spoon, slate across the trek, swooping down the chimney. Gotta be frank, gotta be real. I want peace to the world and my blessings to you.